0: and welcome to another episode of Happy Hamstrings. This is your host, Julie Brown. Today is Monday, March the 28th, and no one came to yoga. I was actually supposed to be teaching yoga at this time because the 7 a.m. class uh, got moved to an earlier time for a quieter spot, and too many people complained, and I don't know that that's going to work out. (laughs) So, Anyway, here I am. Instead of teaching yoga, I am here with you to give you the updates and all the fun things. The purpose of my podcast is to kind of document my journey of yoga learning and fitness business. I frequently set up for table events because I'm an artist and I make beaded spiders. I make crafts. I do paintings. Anyway, everything's going fine with me. I just get in a rush too much and I take things personally. And I'm going to go over some of that right now. And I hope you're ready. Um, Whatever you're doing, I hope your day is going great. Right here in Alabama, we've got chilly, yet about to be warm weather. So it starts off chilly, and then it will be nice and hot, and then it will be freezing again later. (laughs) But it's going to be a sunshiny day. So I haven't been doing as much leather working because uh, if you've been listening to the podcast... As you know, I've been averaging before spring break hit, I was averaging 21 to 24 classes like every week. Now I have six classes today, or I should say five more to go because obviously nothing happened at seven. Anyway, so I haven't been doing all that much leather working. I haven't been practicing my leather working, leather crafting, whatever you want to call it. And I have a, an example of someone who taught me to make a snap. I have like the example. He said, always keep this example. Uh, And he was right, that helps. But nothing helps more than like practice. So I have my, I'll say snap example on this tiny piece of leather that I got when I was in Tandy and the man was kind enough to take time to show me how to set a snap. Well, I did set a few snaps and it seemed pretty easy. Well, I didn't do it for a while. And, um, I mixed up my snap setting kits. Like I forgot which one I bought first and I didn't look at the numbers. I just assumed this one goes with that one. I thought I knew, like I got kind of, I got kind of arrogant. I got kind of cocky. I was like, yeah, this one goes with that snap and I didn't check the numbers, but you do have to check the numbers. (laughs) So if I'm trying to set something that's, um, got a different number on it and I'm not using the right, um, snap setting kit for the snap number then it's not going to work and I have two different snap setting kits and basically I just haven't used them in a while and I forgot which was which and I think I wasted about four snaps before I was like oh snap (laughs) this isn't working because uh this is for 20 anyway once I figured that out I messed up another snap and it's would seem that um when you hammer the snap down, and I know that some people probably are thinking, like, oh my god, leather working, you're a terrible yogi. I don't think it makes me a terrible yogi. I'm not a vegan, and yes, I do leather working. However, like, a lot of things come from animals. Like, don't even get me started on how much of our stuff comes from animals. I realize and know that some people are probably looking back and going, oh my god, a leather working yogi. Like, that seems kind of weird when. Ahimsa nonviolence is one of but I'm I'm also like it is nonviolence because I didn't like go like kill the animal myself to get the leather. Also like the leather was already gonna be bought by somebody else anyway, right? It was already there and why waste? I'm I'm all about not wasting. So um I'm hoping that the animal lived its full life and anyway. So anyway, back to what I was saying. <laughs> Uh, now that I've gotten all that out of the way. So I have this purple suede. It's very soft and I thought, oh, this would make a nice little leather cuff, like a bracelet. And I kept messing up snaps and when you hammer it down in the snap, it would seem that you have to flower it out. Like the snap center has to be hammered down so that you flower it out perfectly. Well, it doesn't work. Um, The gauge snaps I had or whatever, it's not going to work on that thin ass leather. So I had this purple suede and I kept trying to set snaps in that. Watched a video and then I was like, oh yeah, I do remember that you have to have some kind of um, gauge leather with some kind of thickness on it. That was the next problem I ran into, and then I wasted a couple of snaps before I realized that, and then I was like, okay, perfect, I tooled out a piece of leather, if you don't know what tooled out a piece of leather means, it means I have leather working tools, somebody actually donated me the money to buy that, one of my broadcast watchers, thank you Sprinkles, uh, several years ago, uh, is a little kit I have with stamps to imprint little designs on leather, so I'm getting kind of like, okay, confident, I can set the snap. I'm going to tool the leather. So I hammer some designs and it would seem that it was taken forever. I'm like being very careful. I'm like tap, 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 tap. And then I'm like, at this rate, I'll be done next to never. And I gave it one big tap and I broke, I like Hulk smashed and broke the snap. But, um, once you hammer it too far in, the thing smashes and the the snap won't snap because the metal's in the way. So I kind of just gave up on that. I I mean, I could have made a lot of merchandise with how much time I spent getting very frustrated at setting snaps. And I thought the first person who tries to haggle with me, I'm going to flip out. That's all, that's what I was, that's all I was thinking was like, I just got to be patient with people. That's all I thought was my challenge. Like, People don't understand how long it takes. I can't expect them to be compassionate or care. I just have to care about my time and just set boundaries on my process. That's what I thought my problem was going to be. I was so wrong. <laughs> first of all, um, I'm a goofball because the woman who invited me, she wasn't from spinning at all. It was somebody who came to my sexy dance party. Now, both these women, have, I started messaging the wrong one. Both of them have the same first name both of them have really long hair and they both have like very, uh, similar faces. One is taller than the other. But anyway, like when I'm not using my reader glasses and I look down and I hit the name, you know, I'm like just looking at the first name. They're both from fitness classes. One's from spinning. One came from sexy chair dance class. Um, she was like, when I said, what time should I arrive? (laughs) She was like, I'd say no no earlier than like two and she said something about the bands go on about three and I'm like but your flyer says one so would I not be late and she's like you're talking about the sunsets and I was like what I'm talking about (laughs) and then I said I'm talking about at the and I told her the event the the biker bash in oxford And she was like, oh, I don't know. I I guess you would have to contact the venue. And I I started to say, like, I came really close to saying, but you sent me these dates. Like, I haven't talked to her in months. And I'm thinking, why was she at like, I'm not a vendor? And then I scroll up and it was like twilight zone because all the messages she had sent me or I thought she had sent me weren't there. And then I said, oh, my God, I'm messaging the wrong person. Same first name. I was like, I'm so sorry, I'm messaging the wrong person, this is my mistake, (laughs) and she was talking about bands going on, and where I was going, there was going to be bands going on, I mean, I just assumed that I had gotten the right person, and I was messaging her all about this thing, I was even telling her, like, I got them to promote it on the radio, and anyway. So fast forward, I went ahead and messaged the correct person, the real marketing manager. And she told me like, you can get here as early as you want. And y'all know me. I like to be there early. So I got there early. Um, convinced my husband to go and set up with me. It's a good thing I did. I don't think I could have even, I couldn't have set it up alone this time. I have never in my life never had an outdoor event with so much wind. I opened up the, um, the weather app after I'm set up and I'm like, please tell me that this is gonna, you know, something's gotta give. It was cold. It was windy. And basically there's like a wind weather advisory notification. It was going to be all day, um, uh, 15 to 17 miles an hour winds with some gusts. That would be, you know, up to 35 maybe in some places. But for most of the time I was there at the biker bash, the winds were about 15 miles an hour. So we put, <laughs> I took two bags, or I made a bag out of a tablecloth, and I used a bag. I filled them up with bottled waters and hung them off of the two back edges of my tent. And the woman who invited me, she hung, like, these giant sand things all around. Uh, She gave me two sand weights. I made two weights. And then I went and got, there was this big piece of metal, looked like a broken stop sign without a stop sign on it, right beside me. And I, like, picked that up, and I laid it down, (laughs) and I tied duct tape to, like, I added weight to the rope. And I tied that to something. I just was duct taping and tying and waiting. I don't have sandbags. And she was just bringing over some more sandbags about 1 o'clock, which is when it began. And that's when I looked at her. And I had never taken anything out of my tubs. And I just said, I'm so sorry. I'm just, I'm going to have to give up. Like, I had already been there a couple of hours. And the whole time, I'm just chasing things around. I never took merchandise out of the tub except when people came by to peek at it. And for the most part, I'm just like holding on to the tent because the tent is shaped like a parachute. And I don't even want to be in the shade of it (laughs) because it's so freezing cold. Um, I mean, it wasn't freezing temperatures, but with the wind, I mean, I was so cold and I forgot my jacket. I had so much stuff. One of my paintings hit the ground and pretty much like the painting exploded on the corner. And my husband seemed to minimize the damage. Like you can put canvas tape on paint over it. Like he did I don't want to say that he didn't understand, but he kind of minimized it. Like, oh, you can just fix it. Um not, not exactly true because now the canvas is ruined. Because when it hit the corner on the, the wind hit it hard and it went right to the corner and it kind of exploded the canvas off of the off of the frame. It hit hard. So RIP to Edgar Allan Poe uh, painting. (laughs) We we already said RIP to Edgar Allan Poe, but the painting of him, it's pretty much done for. I don't, I don't even want to look at it again right now. It's still in my car. Um, like I've unloaded all of my tables. I've unloaded all of the the canopy and put all that stuff away, but I've still got the paintings in my car. Don't ask me why. (laughs) So I was there a couple of hours the people who stopped by, they weren't really interested in my merch. They're more like, I get the feel that they're more like looking for people that ride and want to connect with riders. Uh, I say, I have to hear engines all the time. And they're like, cool. They actually said like, cool. I'm like, well, not if you're running a yoga business, but maybe for some, it's cool. So just the idea that it was going to get noisier, windier, and people like the whole time they're people, stuff is flying around. (laughs) Just imagine, like, people's hats are getting lifted up off of their head. Uh, As soon as the food vendor set up right next to me, at first, I was like, yes, everybody's going to come over here to this side. Like, his trash can started flying around, knocking over with the wind. The wind knocked over the trash can. He had to put, like, a big concrete block in it. It's just, it was a mess. I just... Even though I didn't really work the event, I kind of did because (laughs) I got there super early and I was basically hanging on to my tent. Um, The wind gave my husband an earache and he immediately started having pains in his ears because the wind was blowing so hard. And just finally, I was just, I felt fatigued. Basically, the wind kicked my ass on Saturday, and I took it personally, like, why does God hate me, (laughs) that's the ego talking, right, and then, uh, I just continue to, to be in a bad mood all weekend, and my, you know, something else very, a couple of other little things, just very petty, just getting on my nerves, little things, um, I'm just, I get stepping into this place where I, I just feel like, why, like, why do I keep taking things? It's not just that I take things personally. Like, I try to identify why do I take everything personally, especially, like, at certain times. And I've actually been studying on this and looking up how long it takes to build new habits. Like, by default, some people say 21 days, but that's not true. Um, it is just not true. The whole idea of you building a new habit in 20-something days is not true. Um, it takes about 66 days statistically, like for people to form a new habit or break a habit or whatever. Um, But it fascinates me how some people do take things personally and some do not. So here's some steps I found using the internet on how to step by step check in when you start taking things personally. So the number one step is you got to set um, measurable and clear standards and um, I've got to keep myself accountable. Um, I do hear the the little nagging voice in my head that tries to tell me like that I'm not doing well enough and I I shouldn't listen to that at all. <laughs> I need to know what it takes to um, be enough or do enough so that other people's comments no longer uh, affect me, like have this impact on me. And then the second step is to develop self-compassion and have really high standards and um, try to meet those standards more often than not. And um, I have to step into a place where I realize that doing my best has to be realistic And I can't expect myself to be perfect. Um, The other thing that is very, very important for all of us is to try to focus on the good more than focusing on the bad. It seems that too often we're focused on the negative or the what are we doing wrong. Um, It's time for us to stop and go, what am I doing right? Like, what am I doing right? Because I'm always going, what am I doing wrong? Step three would be facing fears Uh, keep on growing and whatever I'm avoiding and whatever I feel like is controlling me and I'm hiding from it I have to like face the fear um I have to face regret you know like face what scares me um building up new skills getting new um getting new confidence from having competencies uh, step four, in challenging situations, um, remember not to make it all about you is what it says. So i got to change my perspective instead of saying like, hey, I'm going to take this personally. I could ask myself like, what else could this mean? What else needs to happen in order to fix this problem or situation? Step five, when appropriate, simply ask people what they mean. Making assumptions uh, is a sure way to create misunderstandings. So, without emotionally being charged, just sort of find a way to tactfully say, hey, what does that mean? Like, what, is, what do you mean? Um, so, just to summarize, <laughs> the wind kicked my ass. I didn't sell a damn thing. <laughs> I just basically had my stuff in a tub. When people saw my merchandise there, um, the ones that did come and look, I could tell they didn't look interested in the leather work like I thought they would. I mean, I had leather cuffs. I had leather pouches. It's not like I could lay out my merch. There There was a crowd forming just as I gave up. I just felt like that there was only people looking for other riders. Like, they didn't really want to buy stuff. They just came down there to see the bands, to play cornhole, and to, like, socialize with other bikers. Like, I'm not a motorbiker. (laughs) And um, I guess that yoga and motorbiking, I mean, I'm sure there are bikers that do yoga, but it's just sort of like... It's, so, it's such an opposite end of the spectrum, like, for me. I know for some it may be fine. You know, you get on your bike, you go to a peaceful place, and you meditate. But loud engines and peacefulness don't really go hand-in-hand hand for me. All right, so I think I've talked enough. I'm almost at a 20-minute podcast already. Um, I just was in no mood to record this weekend. I was actually in a terrible mood all weekend. It kind of reminded me of something. I don't know if you've ever played a game called The Sims, but there's a game, and when it was new, I, I played it a lot. Uh, there's a game called The Sims, and one of my Sims once took a job working as, um, like, a test lab test study, like, a basically a lab rat job, uh, test subject job, and he would come home in a terrible mood. And when I hit the little button that described his job, it was like, yeah, basically you're in a wind tunnel all day and it's going to make you be in a terrible mood. <laughs> it's the worst. So um now I know, like, it made me think of that. Like now I know why. <laughs> now I know why that my fake person electronic sim hated that job so much and would come home from work in a terrible mood being in a wind tunnel because that's how i felt i felt like <laughs> i felt like i was in a wind tunnel all day saturday it was just a horrible nightmare and i while i was setting up um we all watched someone's canopy did a flip and i think it got pretty damaged so it's not like i'm the only person who had damaged stuff Um, there's probably no way they sold enough merch to make up for a tent broken. It's so expensive to buy these canopies. Um, and I think they didn't leave. I thought when they were packing it up, I asked them, was it damaged? And they said it was, but I kind of thought they were like packing up, but they just continued on through the day without their little canopy over them. And anyway, so I guess the moral of the story is like if you go to an event where there's like people sitting at tables outside, don't try to haggle with those folks. They've been through a lot to get there. (laughs) They've, you don't know how far they've driven. You don't know what they've done to, to, you know, even get themselves put in that situation. They may have gotten, who knows, they may have had to get a babysitter. There's no telling. They may have had to get a loan just to get the gas. By the way, I did finally send the email off where I'm backing way off. As I said, I'm backing way off this summer on my schedule. And it's not, and I repeat, it is not because I don't want to work. Um, I even had had turned down extra hours this week just so I could make merchandise for this weekend, by the way, for that last weekend. Um, The reason I'm backing off is I end up driving about 60-something miles a day. Uh, Just to go back and forth like three times a day to Jacksonville. As I would be scheduled like early. like And this is still happening like 5 a.m. You're teaching at 12 noon. You're teaching at 7 p.m. So I end up driving back and forth. That's about 60 miles a day. For my tax on my tax uh, form. I had counted over a hundred thousand miles last year. Do you realize how stupid that is of me when I'm not even getting like 30 hours a week, like financially gas costing what a class is. It doesn't make any sense. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get things where they're together. So I've turned my turned in my availability to be like lunchtime classes. That way I can go right after I'm at the community center and I'm already there. And um. I'm still going to teach on Friday mornings because even though the classes are small, I don't want to put myself in a situation also where I'm not teaching a yoga class there. Uh, I give at least one option, one opening for a morning class. And the other thing is, I, if you're listening and you're like, why did you stop teaching this summer for night yoga? It's not that I wanted to. And if if I can, I will make other offerings. I just cannot afford to drive back and forth and do like 60 65 miles a day not to mention that all of my dinner plans end up getting thrown out the window when I pick up these extra subs teaching later and later and getting more and more hours is good but then I end up picking up food to go and then when I as soon as I pick up food to go like there went all the money for the extra thing I just did so I have to look at things in a very reasonable way Because I'm an adult, (laughs) and I must act like such and make plans, make a plan for myself, like a survival plan. Because 100,000 miles, I mean, some number over, I forgot, I think it was 131,000 miles. It was something ridiculous like that. Now, I did go to the Alabama Safari Park uh, in Montgomery to try to boost up my business. And that event was, it was kind of like a mixed like a (laughs) mixtape, a mixed bag, because Saturday was a waste of my time. Sunday, not so much a waste of my time. I did get to visit with family there, so there's that. We had a good time. So anyway, um, thanks a lot for listening and putting up with me and my moodiness Thanks for putting up with the episodes where I complain or I maybe just mull over some things and go over it in my head. Sometimes it really helps me to like lay out my plan and talk about it in detail as much as possible. Um, Just sometimes when you say things out loud, it helps. I don't know why. You just sort of like get it out there, get it off your chest, and then you're no longer the volcano about to erupt. Whatever you're doing today and wherever you're at, may you be happy and may you be healed. And may we together accept that peacefulness is indeed our true nature. I'll be back and thanks again. Namaste.